There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I don't need no wine and dine, I want something high class. Like spending my nights at home, romance in the podcast. Take a deeper dive into these movies that are trash. trash. Me once in a bookstore, and then we'll smash. Roll call. Just started. What is this guy doing? Oh, he's turning off the. Uh, oh, getting sexy. Oh, it's in gray here. over here. Oh, he's wearing a gray oh, shirt. Oh, okay. no. Need, see what he's doing. I'm not a dom. I'm a sadist. Oh, oh. Leaders, baby. Leaders, baby. Story page. Thank you for tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week, Paige made us watch. Fifty Shades Darker. Or is the trilogy I lovingly refer to as I Need a Therapist. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. They cut a character out of the movie. There in the book, there is a therapist. And oh he, God, for him is that? Did he go to therapy? Yes, yeah, he's actively in therapy, and then like she sees the therapist a little bit too. I have some overall thoughts about the film. One, I do like that they made his burn scars more visible. <laughs> this, yes, it's yes. so different than the first movie. And honestly, it made it really easy to see when she drew lipstick around his chest. Can we talk about that? <laughs> Yes, Mikey, that is like our job. I mean, it's in the movie. So eventually, yes, we will talk about it. Christy Gray has like this playbook of like doing terrible things, but he's like, I've never let you touch my arm before. So if he gets caught doing something terrible, he's like, you can touch my arm now. I know. I know. And then she immediately forgets the terrible thing he's done. He's like, oh, I'm going to buy your company so I can be real predatory and horrible to you and your boss. And then you're going to get mad at me. But I'm also going to move that lipstick line a little bit in. And you're going to forgive yeah. me. Right? <laughs> well, I mean, I can't say anything about the boss, except it was like an Old West showdown of like, there's only room for one toxic man in her life in this town. <laughs> I mean, I will say this movie treads, a, and, and the book too, I guess, sure, treads a real strange line of like, okay, we heard what you said about the last one. So they're going to actively communicate. She's going to have more agency. Is he still going to be a creepy stalker? Of course. Yes, he is. The thing is that she communicates. He'll do something like real dumb, like say one sentence or like be like, you can touch my, my chest. And then she'll be like, 
I forgive you immediately. <laughs> of, of everything. If you weren't a handsome billionaire, I would never talk to you again. <laughs> I was mad at you, but then your helicopter crashed, and now I feel better about it. Can oh we talk about God. the fact that in my head canon, he faked a helicopter crash to yes. get her to say yes. Yeah, absolutely. Both him and the other girl have nothing wrong with him, <laughs> them that were in a goddamn plane crash. And listen, I get that there could be different levels of severity, but they were like going into the ground. <laughs> like none of that actually happened. And oh, oh, yeah. Because like the minute he gets reported as found, he walks off the elevator. <laughs> There's no way he didn't fake that <laughs> so he didn't fake that because it's going to be a plot point in the third oh, one of course oh, it is no. God. but i will say from listening to a lot of episodes of black box down i think they could have survived that crash but most people don't survive helicopter crashes it's like the most deadly crash i also think this movie is really interesting because it's like if you liked the first one but wish that it was also kind of a crime drama this movie is for you. I do love that this movie literally had to make a worse male character so that you're like, I guess Christian's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's still straight up bad. No, I know. Yes, but also that that worst character is also in the book. Of course. And the next book because. Well, I mean, they set him up at the end of this movie. Because they needed conflict. This movie is so boring. I yes. know. I literally had such a hard time, Mikey, not looking at my phone the whole time. I want to say that her friend. Jose. Yeah, Jose. The fact that they still let him hang out with them drives me nuts. Wait, why? Is he bad too? No, he's in love with her. He's in love with her and tried to force her to kiss him at the beginning of the first movie. Yeah. Which, in retrospect, is the least worst thing a male has done <laughs> yes. to her Honestly, in this trilogy. He's the best man in this series, and he's terrible, Paige. <laughs> I'm going to argue that Christian's brother is still the best man in this series. Yes, because he's dumb, hot, and rich. Every woman's dream. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but no, when they get engaged and it cuts to Jose, it would be me if they're engaged where I'd be like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, because he doesn't like Christian, but also doesn't know about what's going on behind the scenes and why he really probably shouldn't like Christian. Yeah. But as far as everyone knows, he's just the asshole that tried to force her to kiss him while she was drunk and he still shows up to shit and is still weirdly in love with her and takes pictures <laughs> of her all the time. So like the fact that they still are like, we're going to invite you to everything i'm like what is happening do you think etta james or eb whatever whoever wrote this like <laughs> had time to think up another character page she no. was so busy writing stupid boring shit into a book <laughs> well and that, that's what's kind of i mean don't get me wrong the, these books purely exist to to travel the reader from sex scene to sex scene yeah. which is basically what this movie does too but there are characters and plot points left out of these movies really? that I was like that was kind of interesting why'd they leave that out yeah yeah the therapist in particular I like I had kind of forgotten because it doesn't come into movie one at all yeah and after seeing this movie I think you can understand why we don't re-watch it all the time and so because <laughs> it's terrible I had forgotten that they cut the therapist out completely I can only imagine as a therapist sitting down have this dude tell his side of the story and then I would just be like we've got a lot to unpack but one <laughs> stop talking to women <laughs> until until we do some work Christian Gray's dialogue towards everybody in this movie as if like I said Mikey I want you to responds to this line of dialogue 
but pretend to be the biggest douche in the world. And then that is what Christian would say. Like everything he said is like douche on 11. He is the worst. I fucking hate him. So, and this is why I bring up the therapist. Unless I was smoking crack while reading that book, and I don't think I was. There is a section, and I don't remember if it's this one or the next book. I thought it was this one, where because he's seeing a therapist, which he does of his own volition, she doesn't have to force him to go. He actively is like, I clearly need help. I'm going to go see a therapist. And then she at various points has to report to the therapist when he does things like keeps a file on her or tracks her cell phone. Right. And so she's like the therapist is like his accountability person on that. His therapist is his accountability buddy. Yeah. And I was like (laughs) that one detail makes me slightly less concerned for her well-being at all times. I don't know. As a therapist, that seems odd. It's an overstep for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I do sort of feel like that's like Mikey and my's relationship sometimes because he'll text me and be like, yo, I just did this crazy thing. And I'm like, good for you, buddy. (laughs) I made chicken caprese. So now that I'm single again, I've been like trying to like learn how to cook. Did you hear that? Mikey is a Uh. chef. Ladies. (laughs) Ladies. He can cook in his two pans because he didn't get new cookware at home goods. I did get new cookware. (laughs) I'm using it. I'm trying to use it. Mikey has a fully stocked kitchen. Ladies. Ladies. But when I tell you that Posting cooking pics on Instagram is like the biggest thirst trap of all time. Unless you're Blaine yes, rocking Michael. that kind of bod. Yeah, that's the best thirst trap you and I can hope for. That dude cannot cook. Look at him, Paige. He doesn't need to. <laughs> oh, man. That body's already smoking. That's right. It's like slow roasted brisket just right off. I don't know. The ass. I don't get it. <laughs> I love how you bail out of jokes halfway through, but you're like, fuck, I don't know. Whatever, man. Insert joke here. <laughs> All I have to say is if I was not married, I could easily get somebody just by posting my food pics, baby. Yeah, you could. Paige, Paige you post some hardcore bacon pics. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, look at Paige's meat. <laughs> yep. Not even. It's like sometimes she's post that buttery bread. Oh yeah. 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 It was a babka week. I've got quiche in the other room Ooh. for after this. So anyway, I've already outlined my body where I want to be touched and not touched, and that way I can <laughs> sacrifice different parts for when I really fuck up. <laughs> Just like- laying out <laughs> tomatoes and a strip of pesto, and it's like you can lick all the way around. And then, and then you can do something awful like. Oh, I cheated on you. But you know what? You can touch my thigh now. (laughs) Oh, I forgive you. The reason her name is Anastasia is because she immediately forgets every terrible thing he does to her. (laughs) Like she was a Russian princess or whatever? Uh, Yeah. 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 I wrote that joke. I can he tell, wrote that Mikey. joke based on the idea that the woman that they found with amnesia, compl- like claiming to be Anastasia, is Anastasia. Not a con artist. Yeah, not a con artist and not the extra set of bones that they found in the basement oh. of the castle. I see. We're not going to yes and this joke. <laughs> I'm not going to yes and the idea that Romanov survived. No. I love that Paige didn't yes and. She said, no, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As is my job on this show. That is true. And maybe we should get back to our job on the show and get into the actual movie. 
Because oh, it's God. two hours of nothing. Yeah, do we have to talk about every scene of nothing or just like just the highlights? Did we did we want to talk the, about the first time I saw this movie? Oh, shit. We forgot first thoughts. Paige, hit us with your first thoughts. We'll all have to do it, though. Hit us with your no, first I thoughts. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did it right there. Okay, so I saw the first one in theaters with a bunch of my coworkers, super drunk. Like you're supposed to. Yes. Dick neck. Dick neck. <laughs> so then when the second one came out, I called my sister and I was like, yo, are we seeing the second one? Because <laughs> like dick neck and she was just like absolutely so she flew down here oh wow to go see it and what she did not know is that one of our friends that went the first time also flew down to <laughs> come see it and so all three of us went to go see it again like reprising this. our tradition of the dick neck and but this time we were stone cold sober oh that's a mistake <laughs> It was just the way it worked out Because like the first movie They made it like a whole event And so the theater had booze And yeah. then this time We just went to a movie <laughs> <laughs> And because we were all stone cold sober About 90% of the way through this movie My friend just turns to me and goes How many posters of the Chronicles of Riddick does he have? <laughs> and that's what I remember so about this film But listen, every douche I knew at that age in my life Like 25 to 27 Loved the Chronicles of Riddick Loved Vin Diesel And was super into UFC I mean, the UFC posters are way more douchey than the Chronicles of Riddick one Which is a super dorky movie Yeah, In agreed. fun facts I found out why those posters are there. Oh, Paige, ah. I've never loved you more. Not on purpose. <laughs> I like stumbled upon it and I was just like, <gasps> Todd's in a screenshot of the poster and I thought it was them outside. So then I found it in their room and I was like, oh my God. And I took a picture and I was like, oh, it's the same scene. I'm an idiot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love when Mikey knows he's being dumb, but it's always after the fact and it always makes it so much fun. Wow. <laughs> I'm just going to do very high level first thoughts because I really want to get into it. But this is the first time I saw the movie. I hated it. It's a terrible movie. Glad I watched it. Very much looking forward to talking about it. I am glad that he clarified that he wasn't a dominant, that he was a sadist yeah. in this movie, unlike the first movie where I was saying that the whole first episode. I think that's because of the backlash from the first film. Oh, was it good? Is that the book? Um, He does clarify it in the book, but... If you saw the first movie and you didn't know about the the rest of the books because you didn't hadn't read them, that was me. Yeah, yeah. Then that first movie, you're just like, hold the fucking phone. He's not <laughs> like, a little kinky. He just likes is... to beat up women. Like yeah, he has a problem. Yeah, he just he admits that in this movie, which I sort of liked, although it, it's two hours and I did not want to sit through it for that one scene. <laughs> it, this movie should not be two hours long. No, it yeah. should not. No, it should not. He admits it, but he doesn't change anything. No! So he's like, it's like it's like those people who are like, I'm a huge asshole. And then they go on to be an asshole. And you're like, I hate that you have an insight to know this, but you still do this. <laughs> Christian Grey has a, if you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my yeah. best mentality. And I hate yeah, him if, for it. If you can't handle me at my whips, you don't deserve me at my private jet that I might crash. Yeah. Actually, if you own a private jet and fly it yourself, you're more likely to die in that jet than almost anything else. I learned yeah, that after true. a guy at my work died that way. Oh, my God. Just let your trauma go. I don't have time for this. I'm not paying you $120 an hour, Mikey. <laughs> you can't make me. Just like Christian Grey won't spare the $120 an hour out of his gajillions of dollars salary. But let's get into this movie, Paige, because we've got some things to talk about. Let's do it. This movie <laughs> opens zero credits, zero title cards, 
nothing to prepare you for the fact that you are coming into a child abuse flashback <laughs> straight out the gate. Uh. You're like, is this a horror movie trailer? Oh no, this is just the beginning of Fifty Shades Darker. It checks out. It comes to find out he's pretty much like the Dexter of women. He His origin story <laughs> is almost identical to Dexter's Yeah. to the point where I was like sitting here, I was like, I thought they found him in a pool of blood and I was like, oh no, that's Dexter. Oh no. <laughs> but what we do see at the end of this flashback is clearly a man assaulting and abusing him and he has a lit cigarette yeah so that i mean we are going to put pieces together now we got an origin story on the scars that didn't exist the last movie they did they were just not prominent you could not see them in the first movie you were too focused on dick neck mikey no i was not yeah. i was like there are no <laughs> those are not scars this one they're like overly scarred so i'm like okay they, yeah they went the other way with it i saw them in the last one but only because i knew what they were because i had read the books which i think this movie does a bunch of things where it's like we're just gonna do this and it's like because you've read the books, right? That's why you're here. And I'm like, no, people are here to see the dick neck. They didn't all read the book. So like that assumption is not a fair assumption. So yeah, when you throw a dick neck around like that, you can't expect people to read. Huh. And that dick neck is a thick neck. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <it is. laughs> Mikey is like blushing right now. I love uh. it. I'm just, we're waiting for the giggles. <laughs> there's plenty of giggling coming up. <laughs> I think there's so much toxicity. I think there's more toxicity in this one than the first one. So I was like, oh, there is. It's hard to giggle. Because, okay, the first movie ends with her like basically getting beat on by him and then breaking up with him and saying, I'm, you're never going to touch me. To be fair, the first movie ends with her saying, show me how bad it can get. Him being like, okay, yes, and. And then her being like, I was not ready for it to be that bad. And now we are breaking up. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes it a complicated situation. But it's okay. He's going to give her a box. And then she's going to be like, you know what? Let's just do it again. Let's do it again. I hate this movie so much, guys. <laughs> the way he gets her back is like the laziest way to get someone back I've ever seen. Especially if you're like a billionaire. We'll get to it. I have never dated or met or talk to a woman who is as easily convinced about anything as Anna is about everything, which is like some crazy thing will happen. And then Christian will be like, but we could just do it. And she's like, oh, Christian. Okay. Mikey, keep looking. You'll find her. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's not, it's not just Christian though. And, and I think part of the problem is he's rich. Well, no. And, and part of why, christian is a problem is anna is naive he's like her first boyfriend and it's established through the first movie and through this movie she just does not know a ton about the world like she should not be entering into this serious of a relationship yeah in general but you also see it when she's dealing with the boss and Christian is like, hey, that guy has had three assistants in 18 months and all of them have quit without notice. And she thinks that he's saying like, oh, he's probably hard to work for. When I hear that as a 33 year old yeah. woman, I'm like every single one of those people was sexually harassed. Like I just that's immediately where my brain goes. Yeah, no, I think you're right. But Anna's like, no, I, I can do it. I'm strong. And so there is a level of naivete there that makes her not really in for some things but also christian's not a great communicator right and she's trying to become a better communicator but this is 4d chess and she has only played checkers before she is like the female version of the main character of the lego movie in what way that she only has two fingers so she functions kind of like a claw there's that and the fact that she just believes whatever the fuck anyone is telling her at face value 
Yeah, I mean, and she does it to everyone. Mm -hmm. It does make a lot more sense at the end, though, like during the post credit scene when she starts singing, That Dick Neck is awesome! <laughs> that Dick Neck is cool when it's inside of me! That Dick Neck is awesome! awesome. See, I would have rather watched that movie. I, actually, I would rather watch Lego Fifty Shades Darker. Darker of Lego would be amazing. Think about the Lego helicopter crashing. <laughs> oh yes, I love everything about Lego Dick Neck. Just like um. it's all like square. <laughs> <laughs> Someone needs to make a stop motion Fifty Shades trilogy with Legos. Oh, I have I, to Google this now to see if it exists. I'm sure. I'm sure somebody did. Why? Why would they do that? There's no way that exists yet. There is a Lego Kama Sutra. So what? <laughs> uh oh, Mikey, what'd you stop. find? <laughs> I need to share my screen. How do I do it? Click on the uh, share screen at the bottom, and then when it comes up, there's a bottom in the bottom left hand corner. Click share sound. All right, hold on. It's like walking a monkey through a math problem. I <laughs> I'm sorry. You guys are allowed to now touch my throat. <laughs> oh, my God. That was amazing. Oh I'm going to have to God. cut that out of the episode, but I'll do something with that. That's po Post it in the group or something. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll post it in the Facebook group. So if you want to listen to us watching Fifty Shades of Bricks, go to the Facebook group. I'll try even try and post it to, like, Instagram or something if it'll let me. Good Lord. Okay, so we literally have made it past the flashback in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> We've been recording almost 30 minutes. <laughs> uh, Christian's having a bad dream. He wakes up from it. We cut over to Anna's house, present day, where he sent her a bunch of white roses to basically celebrate her new job which is still stalkerish it's so dumb I, but i mean it's white roses not red roses it's more appropriate at least for mm -hmm. like friendship i actually what are white roses purity i guess right yeah i think it is purity i don't know also they're the biggest fucking roses i've ever seen they take up a third of her kitchen they do yeah. and man when she walks in the trash can and like steps on it to open the lid i was like they're not gonna fit in there she, they're bigger than the trash I can Todd. i was like anna <laughs> you you have to know that they won't fit in there Anna suffers from not having object permanence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought in my mind, I was like, oh, she just realized it's too big for that trash can and she put them on the counter. And I thought she was going to go get a bigger trash can because that to me would have been funny. But no, she just kept them. That was like her, oh, I maybe I should keep these. Maybe I'm still, I have a little flame left for Christian or whatever. But I wanted mm -hmm. it to be like, this won't fit in there. Get like a big trash can, throw them away, and then move on. That'd have been great. But this movie's not good, so it didn't do that. Yeah. So she gets on the bus, goes to her new job. Remember that she has to take her bus because he sold her car. Yeah, he revoked car privileges when she stopped fucking him because he's a gross person. No, he sold her old car and rewatched the movie. Rewatched the first movie. Okay, time. full oh. disclosure, I remember almost nothing from the first movie because I <laughs> and hated you know it what? so much. It does not <laughs> impact the enjoyment of this film I didn't at all. feel lost and didn't enjoy this movie at all. <laughs> I have a confession. Uh-oh. I rewatched the first one before I watched the second Mikey! one. I'm so glad you're here, Mikey. <laughs> Mikey doing research for the first time. I drank so much bourbon last night. <laughs> <laughs> that, 
I'm like, I'm like texting Paige, and I thought you about the second movie, and I was like, oh, it's midnight, and I'm kind of drunk. <laughs> <sighs> did you watch it alone, or did you did you find someone to watch it with, Mikey? Because you talked about that last week. Oh, I found some people to watch it with. It was it was super fun. Nice. That's how you got to do it, man. And listen, uh, next time you're inviting friends, consider me. I'm a friend. I, I would have watched it with you. <laughs> Third one, we'll watch together. All right, all right, all right. I, I keep forgetting we need to hang out. I, I, <laughs> I love how Mikey's response to me being like, hey, let's be friends again. He's like, oh, I keep forgetting we're friends. <laughs> we're hanging out tonight. Yeah, because someone else invited both of us to the same thing. <laughs> Scene three. Yeah. <laughs> so as she's on the bus to work, on the sidewalk, we see a disheveled brunette watching her on the bus. Yes. So we cut to her office where she greets her new boss and he seems pretty chill for a boss. He does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, until he goes full on creep, he seems like a decent dude. There is a a thing that impacts that. Okay. That they do not really disclose in this movie that will factor in heavily to book three slash movie three. Tell us immediately. I get the impression that he's like the villain of book three or movie three. He becomes like the villain of the series, essentially. Oh, no shit. Okay. Yeah. Does him and Kim Basinger team up against them? <laughs> no. Kim Basinger's kind of gone from this point on thank god because the award for creepiest plot points of all time go to kim yeah. basinger and christian yeah. gray oh my god can we talk about that when we get to her character because i have a lot of thoughts about that yeah absolutely uh like why isn't she wearing a dress at a formal affair they only had her for one day and did not have time to redress her so she's wearing the same clothes in every scene <laughs> <laughs> she's yeah. like i'll do your piece of shit movie but i want to wear whatever i wore that day on set she got out of her limo <laughs> and walked straight into that scene <laughs> well, you know, child molester is not exactly the role that she was like gleaming to play when she came to Hollywood. I don't understand why she even agreed to like that's Kim fucking basing her man money. Money is probably why she agreed to it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But also it's like there there is a part of me that does appreciate the inclusion of that character and acknowledging that like, hey, men get abused too and it fucks yeah, them up also. I'm not that's against pretty, that. That's a good good point, Paige. I'm just yeah. saying as Kim Basinger, why would you agree to be that oh, character? Oh, I have like, no idea. Well, yeah. So her boss seems cool. Then we see her come home after work to a dark apartment because she watches a video message from her 40-year-old roommate, Kate, who is on vacation <laughs> with Christian's brother. Yeah. And we cut to the next day where she's headed to work again. She's on the bus again, and she sees Christian jogging on the route that her bus takes. I didn't even realize that was Christian. I thought it was just some random guy, and it was making her think of Christian. Oh, that's what mm. I thought, too. It doesn't really matter, because it serves no purpose other than, oh, I think I might miss Christian yeah. sort of thing, you know? And as we get to her job, we go through kind of like the next day. Her boss goes to hand her something to do right at the end of the day, right as she's on her way out. And says that she looks nice and she reveals that she's going to a photography exhibit. We can only assume it's the one friend she has that's not Christian or Christian siblings or in-laws. And so... Or her roommate. Well, her roommate is marrying Christian's brother. So she ends up an in-law anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. But also, like, that brother seems a lot better well-adjusted. Oh, yeah. Like, if you could marry anyone in the Gray family, it would not be... It would be... It would be Marsha Gay Harden. We know. <laughs> 
She's great. She's amazing. I got a little Mia crush. I'm not going to lie. I have thoughts about Mia's inclusion in these films because she is a much bigger character in the book. And every Fifty Shades movie, Rita Ora gets a solid 10 minutes. <laughs> like every time. I would also give her a solid 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, you're going to do it twice, Mikey? <laughs> A hundred percent. Mikey is single. Rita. <laughs> I do have a note here that just says this boss is hotter than I remember. I know he's evil, but like, okay. Yes, he is not a bad looking dude. Even I was like, all right. Go yes. for it. Yeah. I have to let the dog in because it's raining. Hold on. Okay. It's like really coming down. Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess it is raining. My soundproof room, when I'm in here, I cannot hear anything outside of it. It's, it's great. Okay, Christian. <laughs> my walls are gray too yeah i've scattered legos all over the floor i love how his red room of pain is like bigger than my whole fucking house yeah, yeah it's over a thousand square feet of pain mikey <laughs> <laughs> yeah like on zillow the pain by the foot is just like through the roof <laughs> pain per square foot ppsq <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Please continue. Anyway, so we cut to her friend's photography show, and they're all photos of her, which is fucking terrifying. Yeah. And he's like, I know I didn't ask you to do this, but you would have said no. And I was like, that's precisely why you shouldn't have done it. Like, what? If your entire exhibition was going to be her face, you absolutely should have asked her. Wait, I must have missed that. So, like, all of those photos were, like, photos she didn't want taken? No, every single photo was of her. She did not know that that's what the exhibition was going to be. But some of them were, like, really close. Like, it looked like she had permit. like, she gave permission. They were all staged. Yeah, she knew she was going to be a part of it, not all of it. She didn't know that it was being, that her photos were being shown. So she knew that she had taken those photos in, like, throughout her friendship with him right did not realize he was showing those photos that night or that he was showing them in galleries at all okay which well, is kind of not great it's terrible yeah like that's but awful then, <laughs> yeah but then he was like here's a chocolate she's like oh okay thanks <laughs> i forgive you yeah she gets distracted because christian's there because he bought all of them immediately yeah which is also another troubling aspect of this film yeah uh a because he's stalking her and his reasoning for buying all of them is i wouldn't want anyone else looking at you like that you you shouldn't be looked at by the public in this way right which is absolutely the wrong way to phrase i think this makes you uncomfortable and if I buy them, maybe they'll come down. But also, that's not something he has, like, talked to her about yeah. or anything. If he had said, I know you don't like this kind of public display, so I took care of it. Like, that's a different yeah. thing because it's actually considering her feelings. He right. is not capable of considering her feelings. So his explanation is... I don't like it when the public gawks at you. So it's all yeah. very like narcissistically driven. Yes. Even when he asks her to marry him, he's like, will you join my life with me? Like it's very- will we me. rule the galaxy <laughs> as sub and dumb. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't say I want to share our lives together, any of that stuff. It's very like narcissistically driven. Yeah, it's I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Yeah. Will you share my life, me, 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 life with me? Like I hate him so yeah. much well you see these are fiction movies and in the world of 50 shades the whole gender of males are toxic and without any insight at all and like that's the whole world they live in i didn't realize it took place in the 1950s <laughs> <laughs> would have been shot cooler yeah would've. anyway so she's uncomfortable clearly uh but he buys all the photos and he 
basically browbeats her into going to dinner. Now, something to note about him, because it's kind of like the first time we really see him in this movie. He now has like a five o'clock shadow. Yes. He's got a little stubble. Yeah. I will talk about that in fun facts. Oh, I thought it was like a plot point. I mean, she does mention that she likes it. It's prickly. She does because they wanted to point it out. Essentially what happened is. I like when my face causes pain. (laughs) In the first movie, there were a lot of complaints about him as a character and how he was portraying that character. Okay. So there are a number of things that they do in this movie to try and project what they felt was lacking in the first movie. And this is one of them. Sort of like fan service? Like, okay, we hear you. Not even so much fan service as even people who weren't fans had complaints. So we'll talk about it in Fun Facts because it's this like a bunch of things are all connected to it where it's like they do these 12 things to try and accomplish this one thing and this is one of them. Okay. So she goes to dinner with him and he starts out by ordering for her and I hate nothing more than that. Do not ever order for me at a restaurant yeah what if you told what your order is that's different that's still me ordering yeah yeah let me give you an example of like what i think is appropriate like this not appropriate at all but natalie is very anxious around new people and sometimes she's just not like i don't want to order i'm very anxious right now can i go sit down and she'll like tell me her order sometimes i'll make her text it to me just because i want to make sure i get it right and then i'll order for her you know because she's anxious she still got to choose what she was eating though that's that's the important part yeah now i will order apps without consent well yeah but that's because you're (laughs) gonna eat all of them unless they want some right like yeah i mean i'm the same way i'm like hey let's get some queso yeah you know and we'll get or whatever it is you know and i don't pose it as a question i'm like hey we're getting queso (laughs) hey listen listen (laughs) We're going to get queso. You're welcome to have as much as you want, but I'm eating some queso. But like asterisks on that, like not all of it, like an even split is the minimum amount of queso that I'm getting. <laughs> now, Jake has learned very well. If I order an appetizer or something, he goes, is that for both of us or should I also order one? That's a fair question. Man, healthy communication page. Wait, 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 wait to demonstrate <laughs> it. After watching this movie, I'm like listening to like a relationship coach right now. because <laughs> <laughs> Like a guru. Like look at her coming at us with this stuff. You can order multiple things of queso. Yeah, you know what's on the menu? Everything. You can get whatever you want. <laughs> Not sex later, but definitely <laughs> queso now. Oh, they definitely <laughs> fucked later, Paige. I know they did, but after both of us eating a whole bucket of queso... Maybe not the best idea. (laughs) Oh, no, it's not. It doesn't mean it doesn't happen, but it's not a good idea. (laughs) It just means it's loud and fragrant. That's how I prefer my sex. (laughs) Anyway, he tries to order for her, and that would have maybe flown in the first movie. But in this movie, she's just like, actually, fuck your steak. I'll have a quinoa salad. And I was like, bitch, take the steak. That steak would have been amazing, (laughs) but fine. (laughs) It would have been really funny. Like, if that was Paige, she'd have been like, I'm going to eat that steak, but because I want to eat it. You just have to guess right. Fuck you. I would have chosen steak. Make it rare, please. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Side of that garlic butter, though. Like, I'm going to add the side of that garlic butter just in case. What are your three most expensive dishes? I'll have all of those and a quinoa salad. Fuck you, Christian. <laughs> well, then he would be like, he'd be like, I own the restaurant. <laughs> oh, yeah. He'd have, he'd have gotten on his phone and been like, oh, I just bought the restaurant from your phone. All right, Bruce Wayne. I, I, just, I just bought the restaurant from my phone and we no longer serve quinoa salad. You dumb bitch. <laughs> that is 100% what he would have done in the first movie. 
<laughs> verbatim his lines from the scene. Oh my god, I hate him so much. <laughs> Christian Grey is proof that we need to tax rich people more. <laughs> so that they can't rob us of our quinoa salads? Exactly. Agree. The restaurant manager's in the background crying and he's like, this is my life! <laughs> I built this restaurant to make the best quinoa salad Seattle has ever seen. It's my great grandmother's recipe. I like how Mikey yeah. he changed salad. from being a regular like a Southern American to Italian. It's a bee, a quinoa master. Um, <laughs> Ruin my grandmother's recipe. And anyway, so he's like, "Hey, what happened last time totally won't happen again." And she's just like, "Okay." Yeah, sounds good. But how many conversations have you had with an ex like this? None. Oh, really? Oh, man. <laughs> when they just take you back immediately without any discussion? Oh, no. I mean, like, that—that that is this discussion, though, Mikey. Like, they're having no, a... this is not a discussion. This is two sentences where he goes, I won't do that again. Don't you believe me? And she's like, I do. I do believe you, you handsome billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> the first time he, like, baits her with intimacy. Because she's like, I don't know. And he's like, my birth mother was a crack addict. She died when I was four. And then <laughs> she was like, take me back now. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, emotional and physical lines. He, like, nudges a little bit when he's in trouble. And he's like, I spent three days with my mother's dead body. Are you ready to go to dinner now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is very, like, emotionally and physically manipulative. Yeah. But, I mean, I've had I've had those conversations with an ex. Like, where we were, like, on again, off again a lot. Like, man, it was at a very bad time in my life. But, yeah, no, I've had these types of conversations. See, I have not. I had an ex try to initiate these types of conversations, but I had already met Jake. And so I would just respond with, like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> but, okay, can I tell you the most alarming line in this scene is that they agree they're like okay no rules no punishments no secrets no contracts and she's like so a vanilla relationship and he's like you mean one where we only do what you're comfortable with yes and i was like that should be all relationships yeah. <laughs> that's that's how consent works oh man i was so mad like the fact that that isn't like well okay so he does address it in this movie but like that's what like a dom sub relationship is like yeah if it's a real dom sub relationship both people are on board for what is happening yes they are aware and understanding yeah. of what is at play yeah. they have limits they've discussed them ahead of time so yeah. like his version of rocky road is just tying her up in the basement to live forever or what <laughs> first off i love that rocky road is your version of bdsm for ice cream because i listen, <laughs> it does get rocky sometimes i'm on board for it i like that analogy but yeah he's terrible so i don't typically like chocolate ice cream at all i find it pretty disgusting and the only way i will eat it is rocky road what the fuck are you saying really you don't like chocolate ice cream no, it's gross. Wow. I actually don't love ice cream, but like chocolate is like my go-to when I, well, I mean, I, I never get just like chocolate or vanilla. Like I'm not an idiot. Like I'll get like a Ben and Jerry's like fish food or peanut butter world or something like that. Yeah. I mean, just like plain chocolate ice cream. I can't hang. Yeah. I'm, I feel the same way about vanilla. Vanilla is like boring to me unless like it's on like a brownie. Yeah. Yeah. Like a brownie or like if we're, you know, in the mood for the season, like some pumpkin uh, pie or something like that. Or like if you were scooping it onto somebody's body and licking it off which is a scene that got cut from this film for time constraints i would and or have done that you could get a yeast infection that way well you got to be careful where you put it yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. maybe we should move on <laughs> I, don't know, I was waiting for mikey to interject but I, I interjected with the rocky road thing and i was like i'm gonna wait to the next scene to talk i'm gonna try to i'm gonna try to keep us focused <laughs> okay only two wildly inappropriate interjections per scene 
Are you counting Rocky and Road as separate interjections in that scene? No, Italian quinoa guy was the first. Oh, <laughs> shit, yeah. We are in that scene still. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We've been recording 53 minutes and we're six minutes into the movie. It's me, consent. So anyway, they go back to her apartment and he hands her a present and kisses her goodnight. Yeah. And this is where she says, this is spiky. This is prickly. I like it. It's his beard. Yeah. But he says that he'll call her tomorrow and she goes inside and texts her goodnight from the car, which is a departure from previous when he would have just like pushed his way into making the night longer. He does respect her boundaries here. Oh, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing the absolute minimum and it's we're supposed to celebrate it like it's amazing. Exactly. Like, I feel like he is clearing every low bar. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. God. I just wish standards were like this. Honestly, Mikey, like it has never been a better time to be just a barely decent man in America. Like you're telling me, son, I have been able to date way outside my attraction bracket because I'm just like a nice guy who cares about people's feelings. Like there are so many shitty dudes. All you have to do is like actually care about their day think about how tough it was for me finding a good dude with shoulders like that oh <laughs> i don't know how you did it but I'm, i mean let's be honest, i knew how you did it yeah you've seen those baking photos mm-hmm. well and you still look 25 like yeah, 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 yeah. you're a gorgeous person too Paige. <laughs> you don't look like mikey and me do i look 30 <laughs> anyway we get to the next day at anna's job where the head of hr is there which should also be our first clue that there is sexual harassment afoot or in the past right because yeah. she's there and it seems i thought at first that they maybe had a relationship that was like under wraps or something like head of hr and her mm-hmm. boss but i'm assuming now in hindsight that she was there because the last girl quit because of some inappropriate i think she was checking on anna me too yeah, yeah, yeah i think yeah, she's yeah, yeah. checking on anna yeah. yeah and she's not mean towards anna but she does seem very much like there's something going on here that I need to stop. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that woman did a great job with that scene because it's clear something is going on. And I thought it was yeah. something different than what it was. But in hindsight, it's very clear. Yeah. And she watches as he invites Anna out for drinks. Yes. And she says that she's not going to go, but says to Anna, absolutely go network. And is very like specific to be like, this would still be for work, right? Go network. Yeah. And then says, have fun and leaves the office. As Anna is leaving at the end of the day to go to the bar to grab drinks, a girl stops her on the street. And it's a a very kind of disheveled, gaunt woman with dark brown hair who just says, Anastasia. And she turns and says, I'm sorry, do I know you? And then the girl says, it's okay. I'm nobody. Yeah. And walks away. So for about an hour and a half of this movie, I thought she was being haunted by a ghost. (laughs) I'm not even joking. Because there's a scene later where she's just in their room and then gone. Yeah. This is where it veers heavily into crime drama, but ghost would be way more interesting. Oh, I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah. Would y'all fuck a ghost? Yes. Does it count as cheating? Yes. Maybe. You'd have to prove it. There was ectoplasm everywhere, Paige. <laughs> like, I'm not married, so it's hard for me to get in the mindset, but I, I don't think I could because it would be, like, emotionally cheating at least. Yeah, listen, Mikey, I've never fucked a ghost, so it's hard for me to put myself <laughs> in that situation and empathize with those who have. <laughs> I was going to do the same thing. And there are many people who have claimed that they have fucked ghosts. I think those are just, like, vivid sex dreams. I don't usually think it's a ghost. Yeah, I don't think it's a ghost either, Paige. I didn't realize that that belief was even on the menu. It is. And we ordered it for you. But also steak. 
Eat your damn steak, <laughs> ungrateful bitch. Oh, my God. And, Paige, I wish I had time to cut that out, but I don't. So, no cuts. I was just <laughs> being a method actor as Christian Grey. No, um, I, I think everyone got that. <laughs> the worst part, though, of having sex with a ghost is when they disappear and they're gonorrhea. Mikey, <laughs> I love how hard you work to make this podcast funny. <laughs> <laughs> It's the only time anyone's ever had to use a Ouija board to call their phone tree. I have to notify you. I have been diagnosed. Not me, man. I'm doing that Ouija board. I'm like, letter U, another letter U, P, question mark. Hey, girl, you up? <laughs> and then I just respond back with H, P, V. <laughs> All you got to do before you have sex with the ghost is burn sage and then your ghost is clean. <laughs> Happy Halloween. So they get to the bar where she was going to go for drinks with her boss and Christian shows up because she has invited him along. Her boss even said like a bunch of us go. It's not a big deal. It's very casual. And then she shows up and it's just her, like the boss and her, which is clearly just them. Yeah. yeah. That, and then that does seem weird. And she brings that up and she's like, is everyone just late? He's like, yeah, it's early. Yeah. Don't worry about it. But then Christian shows up and then gets her out of there. And I thought it was sort of a dick move. Like have a drink with her boss. Like who gives a shit? I mean, I mean, we don't know at this point he's a terrible person, right? We do because it's in this movie well that's fair yeah but christian doesn't necessarily have a way to know unless he had already been looking into buying the company and he does say that he knows the ceo so i want it made me wonder if he knew about the sexual harassment ahead of time 100 percent, he's got a dossier of everyone in her life yes and so he's reacting to that but he's not communicating that to her right well yeah you can't communicate i've have private detectives hunting everyone in your life that you've ever met to protect you against your will. <laughs> and also to make sure that you eat steak. Yeah. So they leave and she's kind of like, Hey, well, why didn't you just have a drink with my boss asshole? And he's just my boss. And he's kind of like, yeah, but he wants what's mine. And it's pretty clear, but doesn't communicate to her that he knows there's a reason she should be worried. Also, he wants what's mine is a super gross way to say that. It is a gross way to say it. If he knows, which we don't know if he knows, but if he knows that he has done things inappropriate with the secretaries or assistants in the past, he should tell her that anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's so insane to me that that is not the conversation. Again, it's very me driven. He's very narcissistic throughout this whole movie. Well, and here's the thing. It's it's your feelings in that moment are valid and there's a way to express them that doesn't invalidate someone else's agency within the relationship where instead he could have said the way he acts around you makes me very uncomfortable. Yeah. Like that. Like when he does X, it makes me feel like Y. Oh, healthy communication. Yeah. And then when you do this, it makes me. <laughs> when you do this, it makes me come. When you do this, <laughs> I feel like this. That's what most of the conversations in this movie would be because homegirl orgasms at the drop of a tongue. So anyway, <laughs> they go grocery shopping and buy vanilla ice cream that will never be used again because that scene got cut it was ben and jerry's too that's like it's real bougie vanilla it yeah. was ben and jerry's and she bought vanilla i was like girl what uh, oh i know that honestly was the maddest i got in this movie but i guess they probably cut the scene page where he was like well i just bought ben and jerry's and they no longer make vanilla <laughs> i bought ben and jerry's and now they're a republican and b don't make vanilla the, was the scene that got cut him eating vanilla ice cream off her and then like getting 
anything really stick to his stomach because he's lactose intolerant. <laughs> he shits the bed. <laughs> that would have been a great ending to that scene. But sadly, this movie is not about Armando Torres. So. <laughs> oh, I would watch that. Like Armando Torres, like after a night of Amore in his workout room on the pommel horse, lifting himself up and you just hear. <laughs> anyway, so they go back to her place to cook and he's like grilling her about the company where he's like, how is work? Do people like Jack? How's morale? And she's like, oh, my God, you're going to buy the company. He's like, I, I mean, not because you work there, just because like I was going to buy it anyway. And, you know, I might as well just, you know, buy it, I guess. Oh, it was my plan B if you didn't immediately forgive me at dinner. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, but they instead of finishing dinner. They go to the bedroom and... Who doesn't eat first? Like, they are cooking. It's, like, still in the oven. Yeah, as far as we know, they've left the stove on, and they yeah. are going to burn her apartment down. We do find out later that they did allegedly finish making dinner and just didn't eat it, so it's cold stir-fry the next day, but I was just like, that's stir... You left it out all night. Like, it's gone. Um, but also, so he kneels in front of her to go down on her, and I just have in my notes... This is not the best angle. It's like, not. No. This is the least effective. I mean, unless he's like breaking his neck to get up under it. But yeah, it's yeah. not It's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> unless she's way taller. <laughs> you just got to remember the technique of catching snowflakes on your tongue. <laughs> oh, man. I wish you could see Paige actually doing that. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> All I'm saying is like she ain't in no full on squat. <laughs> this movie is terrible. <laughs> anyway, they have sex. I, I could go into it in more detail, but it's a Fifty Shades movie. That's the only reason you're watching it. So, like, go watch it. We don't want to spoil that part for you. No. <laughs> we want to concentrate on the story. <laughs> oh, God. The depth of character. But also, and, and this was a complaint that I had about the books, too. Almost every single sex scene starts... And continues and then ends the same way. It's like they're all cookie cutter to a degree where it's like they get undressed. He goes down on her like they do something weird and freaky and then they end it in basically missionary. And almost every single sex scene is like that. So, you know, watch it for da Jamie Dornan being hot and naked. But like that's you're getting the same shit every time. Basically. Yeah. Honestly, this movie is very repetitive. And I got very, very bored, and it was very hard for me not to pick up my phone many, many times. Mm -hmm. I fought mm -hmm. the urge, though, but man, it was boring. This was just all a ploy for us to have, like, a weird BDSM thruple, and my version of torture was making you guys watch this film. Oh. I dominated the situation by making <laughs> you watch it. You had to submit to my will. Do I get steak? No, you get quinoa. <laughs> anyway, so she also reveals in this scene that she's obsessed with Jane Austen and the Bronte sisters and no one measured up to the people in those books. And I was like, that explains everything because Jane Eyre is like the most unhealthiest relationship book since yes. Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> All of those are things that Natalie loves, too. She loves Jane Eyre. She loves the Bronte sisters. Like Jane Eyre is just this book with less sex because honestly, because yeah, like his wife's chained up. <laughs> upstairs yeah 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 yeah. she's like you're not being intimate with me and he's like you could touch my chest but also my wife is chained up upstairs do you forgive me now <laughs> anyway so they have sex again we cut to them asleep after and someone is clearly watching them sleep yeah that ghost is back yeah i see dead people <laughs> and also people who have just finished having sex and like good stir fry go to waste <laughs> it was the ghost of stir fry 
It's General So, just like, hey, <laughs> I see that you found something better to do than eat this delicious chicken and stir fry. It's me, General So, it's here me. to conquer the war against hunger. I love that General So, as a ghost, just haunts you if you don't finish your Chinese food. I've never seen that ghost, and that makes complete sense. I know. Look, that is a ghost I would never meet. Because General So's chicken's amazing. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> if they had a crab rangoon ghost, you might catch me in the street seeing that ghost. The, the crab rangoon ghost is just like the ghost version of that crab with a steak knife. And it's, <laughs> and it's Come at me, bro. I hear that you left over some sweet and sour sauce and you didn't finish your crab rangoons. <laughs> there was 15 of you in the box. I had General So to contend with. <laughs> That's my point. They always give you way too many. And yet, I've never met that crab rangoon ghost either. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> okay, but like, what if, instead of being haunted... <laughs> by Layla, who we will, we'll find out who Layla is eventually. What if they are just haunted by General So for the rest of this movie? No other changes, just mythical General So. I love it. <laughs> He's like, where are those balls going? Oh. He's like petting her, petting General So's head while he's kneeling in front of him like, I promise I'll never let the Chinese feet go bad again. And just the Mulan soundtrack playing in the background. <laughs> Let's get down to business uh, and do BDSM. I see watching me while I sleep. Nonsense. Uh, so she tries to give him back the check for what they got for selling her car. Right, and then like a predatory asshole, he's like calling his admin and like, hey, transfer $24,000 into her account. And like, it's weird that he would have the ability to do that, right? No, you can transfer money to someone's account. You can wire Wouldn't money Wouldn't you need like their routing number and account number though? Not if it's the same bank. Okay. Or if you have transferred the money in the past. And he was probably just like, now I own the bank so I can do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> So the Mikey version of this is like, I just send girls like $5 Venmo requests. <laughs> but you send them requests so they have to pay you? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, here's a pro tip, an unethical pro tip for all you guys on Tinder out there. My friend has done this and made about $150. So like there are girls out there who will like say, hey, Venmo me money if you want attention or whatever. It doesn't say that exactly, but it like will put their Venmo. So what he will do is he will send them a request for money. And a lot of them accept the request. Thinking that they're getting paid? Yes, because they're not paying full attention. They're like, oh, here's another idiot sending me money thinking I'm going to care about them. And so he has made like $150 in a month. This is terrible, Todd. It is terrible that women will put that on their profile to scam It's terrible men. Yeah. on both. Both people in this situation are not doing I great. I did say it was unethical. <laughs> yeah, it is unethical. I think that is like chaotic neutral at best. No, I think I think a crab with a steak knife is chaotic neutral at its best. <laughs> <laughs> that crab has no agenda, but it has a blade. <laughs> I want crab legs. <laughs> you got to fight a crab with a knife to get him. You got to justify your case to General So. <laughs> I always eat what I hunt. <laughs> and I'm on the hunt for crabs with steak knives. So it's a fair fight. <laughs> <laughs> I hunt the most dangerous game. Crabs with steak knives. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
Christ. Oh my God. We're never getting out of this episode. This is our life now. Sorry, the idea that that's the most dangerous game is really funny. Oh, oh and God. Okay. Untrue. I got leather armor for my ankles. For the crap. That's honestly, if Achilles had been wearing the same thing, he'd have been invincible. Yeah. Hector! And then Hector's just a crab. He just got his foot like in a cement block. Like just like <laughs> He's like, Can you come closer, please? Can you I have a secret for you, Hector. You have to come closer. Oh my god. <laughs> Helen is the face that launched a bunch of crab ships. <laughs> I'm just picturing Achilles in Ugg boots. <laughs> you can still stab through Ugg boots. They're not armor, Mikey. They're fur. Well, I've never assaulted a woman in Ugg boots, Todd, but if you want to go ahead and tell me all about it, go ahead. I'm not saying I haven't. I'm just saying <laughs> that it was consensual, Mikey. That's not assault then. So maybe rephrase that answer. Thank you, Paige. I have specific set of tastes. Come to my room where there's just crabs with knives <laughs> and I will make you wear these Ugg boots. <laughs> our, our version of the 10,000 square feet of pain is nuts. I like it better than Christian's though. So he invites her to a charity ball, but she doesn't have a dress and needs to get her hair done. And he's like, I own a salon. He does. Uh, he doesn't tell her it's Mrs. Robinson's salon. So he takes her there. But as they're on the way, she's like, hey, something weird happened the other day. There was a girl on the sidewalk. I think I just saw her again. And she was outside my office and knew my name. And she had bandages on her wrists. And he's like, we should go. Yeah. Because, again, he knows something that he hasn't told her. Yeah. And like, but this is the perfect opportunity to be like honest and just tell her what's going on. Like, what? Why? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody dates somebody who has an ex that shows up weirdly. Yeah. When Natalie and I went to Montana for our vacation, we went to Glacier National Park, we ran into her ex at the airport. Oh, uh, that's weird. So, yeah, I mean, it happens. Like, that happens. But you can just, like, be honest about it. Like, Natalie saw him first, and she texted me. She's like, oh, my God, he's here. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Like, she wasn't like, we need to leave immediately. <laughs> anyway, so he takes Anna to Mrs. Robinson's salon, and as soon as she realizes that that's what's happening and that that's the woman who abused him as a child— and that he used to take his subs there. She's just like, oh, there's a million reasons why this is not okay. Not the least of which being all of the people working at the salon are just crabs with knives. <laughs> 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 They've got knives, but also scissors in the other claw. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know they're a crabtician, Paige. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> a crabstatician. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God, guys, I love us so much. <laughs> So as she's kind of like, yeah, I'm not going to that salon. I'm going home or at least back to your apartment. Yeah. And you are going to tell me what's going on with that girl that I saw. So like, what the F? She kind of forces it out of him. Yeah. And he reveals that she's a former sub and she wanted more and he didn't. So he ended it. And then she went on with her life and got married. But then her husband died in a car accident. And then she has had essentially... A mental health crisis ever since Yeah it's actually a really sad story Like she did what she needed to do When they broke up and moved on Found somebody else got married And then it sounds like her husband's car wreck Sent her into this mental health spiral Sort of thing that she's in Which is possible like that happens Well you know right. what happened to him executioner. Oh no <laughs> It's me with a truck full of crabs <laughs> <laughs> Zutalo I have killed you <laughs> <laughs> I should have said have crabbed you. Damn it. <laughs> I'm picturing the Ouija board having to tell someone, like a ghost, that they have crabs because 
Got to notify the ghost phone tree. <laughs> My Ouija board's talking to me. It's saying, you should get tested. <laughs> uh, but what we find out is, if you remember in the last movie, she goes to Georgia to see her mom, and right. he yeah. follows her there like a fucking stalker. Uh -huh. Yeah. And they fly in the glider. And while they were in Georgia, Layla showed up at his apartment and attempted to complete suicide in front of his housekeeper. Yeah. And the housekeeper called you know, an ambulance, they took her to the ER, but she disappeared from the ER and they've been trying to find her ever since. Right. And this movie does take place sort of like like a week maybe after the last movie ended. So. Yeah, they have known each other maximum. By the time they get engaged at the end of this movie, they've known each other six months maximum. Oh, oh. boy, man. And that poor housekeeper. Yeah, we meet her later. Think about the mess. Yeah, think about the mess, but also the mess every time they have sex in that red room. Yeah, she has to clean up all the Legos <laughs> And all of the imitation crab. It's imitation crab? I thought they were real crabs with knives, Paige. No, it's not. It's intimidation crab. Because <laughs> they have knives. I keep asking Kroger, but they, they do not stock <laughs> intimidation crabs. Oh, God. Somebody needs to make a meme that's just like <laughs> crab cakes on one side, imitation crab. Crab with a knife, intimidation crab. It just, it's the same picture, but one of them has a crab arm holding a knife, like the crab cake has a crab <laughs> arm holding a knife, and that is the intimidation crab cake. So stupid. I love this. Yeah. I love oh, this God. episode. But this is also where he reveals to her that he's had a file on her since before they started dating. Yes, and at least he shows it to her, I guess. But, like, yes. that's real nuts behavior. And, I mean, he may have stopped, like, collecting data on that file, recently yeah, but like it's yeah. still weird that he has it and god knows what he redacted from the file he gave her yeah that's true <laughs> he's got two files one that is just for him and one that in case he gets called on it he can show them <laughs> that's how i do it <laughs> it's amazing you're single mikey <laughs> here's something that i think about though he's so rich and and famous because he's so rich yeah when you're at that level of celebrity you are absolutely vetting anyone you meet like or have any meaningful interaction with so if i were to date somebody crazy famous and they were like we had a file on you and did a background check i would not be surprised personally i mean that does sort of make sense and he's got he's a billionaire so like he's yeah. like jeff bezos rich yeah yeah and i am absolutely sure that anyone that jeff bezos dates they're doing background checks on so yes it's creepy but i also think when you think about the reality of what it would be like to date someone that rich and famous i think it's pretty in line with what would happen that's fair so she doesn't like it she's like this is ownership not a relationship and i'm like no nah, bitch it's risk management <laughs> but whatever and he is like well let's go to the bedroom because he's about to use intimacy to diffuse the situation again and she's like sex won't fix this and he's like if you what? want a roadmap let me <laughs> if you want a roadmap <laughs> let's draw one and this is where he gets shirtless and allows her to draw with lipstick on him to basically denote his boundaries yes which seems like a pretty bonkers way of doing that but okay and we see that on him like for a while like he does not yeah. wash that off he does not shave i mean he does not bathe no yeah. he does shave mikey <laughs> <laughs> everything well and in the book it's, it makes a little more sense because they didn't really focus on this as much in the first movie or even in this movie but in the book she can't touch his chest that's like a hard limit for him no they touch on that they uh -huh. they kind of but it's like like he does not remove his shirt during sex and stuff like in the books oh i feel that i have a low self-esteem too 
that in the movie they're like we can't we can't have jamie dornan winnie the pooing it like no he absolutely has to be shirtless um and so in the book as she draws the boundaries the boundaries do get smaller and smaller until they she can eventually like touch his whole chest but also this is fucking nuts so that's like you asked for nudes from my friend and i'd be like my parents are divorced (laughs) oh (laughs) you founded a crab fight club you can touch my shoulder (laughs) anyway so uh her stylist arrives and he has ordered a different stylist to come up and style her hair in the apartment so she doesn't go to the salon and she gets to pick out a dress from the closet now here is just a weird woman's clothing note or a femme presenting clothing note if you want to think about it uh she puts on a lingerie set and this is where he's like watching her, which is kind of hot. It's a it's a really hot lingerie set. Yeah. When well, he introduces the Benoit balls into the situation. Yes, he does. Benoit balls have entered the chat. Benoit balls have entered the chat yeah. and her mouth <laughs> and then her other orifice. And so so she gets them wet in her mouth and then he puts them inside her. And the implication being she's feeling them throughout the night, which also holding Benoit balls for that long that like her abs are going to be nuts from clenching (laughs) so she's wearing that lingerie set and then goes and picks a dress that is pure charmeuse okay i love that you're pointing this out because natalie pointed the same thing out she can't wear the lingerie exactly she (laughs) Paige, that was just her walking around lingerie set yeah that was just her walking around lingerie set they did this whole lingerie thing and then she's like oh shit i gotta change yep (laughs) Yeah, because we find out later she's not wearing a bra at all because the back of her dress is open and then she has underwear on underneath. But part of the reason that she couldn't wear any of those lingerie sets is because Charmeuse shows everything. Like, it's a very cool fabric where it almost looks like liquid, kind of like liquid silk. But that means that every single anything shows. So even if she had had backless lingerie, it would have shown. So she, yeah, she wears it just for him to put Ben Wall balls inside her. Yeah. Um, But she... She also, as he's about to put them in her, she's like, don't put them in my butt. And he's like, they don't go in your butt. And I was like, they go in your front butt. <laughs> yes. I do like calling it a front butt. I've been doing that for years. <laughs> front butt. Yeah. Wow. So romantic. I've never said it like in that situation. I've never been like, I'm going to put it in your front butt. I've never done that. <laughs> but it's like a funny, <laughs> jokey way of saying it. But if that happened to me, if somebody did say that, I would laugh so hard i mean yeah i mean you gotta know when to use the joke right like that's half of you gotta know when to hold, <laughs> hold it know when to fold it know when to hold it inside your front butt yeah because she does she gotta ke- she gotta kegel those benoit balls keep them in place because imagine if you let them go and you're walking and all of a sudden they're like i'm sorry did balls just fall out of you <laughs> like what why yes madam they did <laughs> fucking square (laughs) i was thinking i really want someone to recut the party scene where they're just talking and like walking around and randomly you hear three like on the floor like the sound of them hitting the floor (laughs) i would honestly just love some foley work of ball bearings hitting each other every time that she's like gasping over (laughs) that would really make it great for me i love it anyway it turns out it's a mask ball they show up she says hi to his mom she stops to tell her basically how happy she is that they're all back together because he was lost without you rita aura gets her requisite 
15 seconds for this scene um the band actually gets more screen time than rita ora in the entire movie yeah i i noticed that that singer really gets a lot of FaceTime on camera like they were real proud of that guy and if that's his real voice he's great like i don't know if they have oh, sometimes yeah. they have an actor fill in and do the, like the lip syncing but he that guy's voice was amazing yeah and i couldn't find out which band it was because i was like they clearly liked them they showed them a lot yeah anyway so as she sits down to dinner she gasps because she realized is that like movement triggers the balls i guess yeah yes it does yes it does <laughs> which she would have noticed i don't know in the amount of time they took to get to the party or walk to her seat like it's funny to me that she doesn't realize it until she sits down 45 minutes after they get inserted inside her i mean i would assume she it, she kind of had felt it along the way or whatever and i'd imagine a so. strong one yeah but he turns to her and is like are you hungry and she just says ravenous and i was like cannibals Boom. <laughs> uh, but they sit through an auction where they're auctioning off a weekend at his luxury retreat in aspen and she's like oh i didn't know you had a place in aspen and she ends up bidding on it and she bids the twenty-four thousand he put into her account because it is for charity and in the book she's like i want to go to aspen and he's like i would have just taken you like what are you doing i do like that i mean this sort of does settle the I don't want the money. Well, you're going to take the money. Well, I don't want the money. It settles that like sort of playful debate that they're having. Bro, I right. would take the money every time. Same, Mikey, but she has said she doesn't want it. So like he should stop trying to give it to her. But Paige, yeah, I, I want to go to Aspen. I would have just gone like, yeah, that's, that sounds great. Yeah. Let's just go. Yeah. If I'm dating a billionaire, we're at least traveling a lot. Like, yeah. yeah. So after the auction, they go up to his childhood bedroom where they are going to ruin her makeup and hair. And she <laughs> asks him to spank her. With the Benoit balls in is, is key. Yes. I think we all got that, Paige. Yeah, <laughs> that I, I'm just clarifying. The weirdest part was every time he spanked her, it sounded like Big Ben. <laughs> <laughs> or just like Bang. a gong. <laughs> or just the sound of that teapot hitting Rose Byrne's head in Insidious 2. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is where we reveal that she's not wearing any of the lingerie she was wearing earlier. And she has to communicate if it's too much, which I think is good to, you know, expect communication communication in the bedroom yeah i always tell ladies that before we have sex and i have yet to hear that phrase come out of <laughs> it's aggressively just enough <laughs> uh, new title of my dating profile <laughs> sex or porridge the goldilocks story <laughs> so she starts getting dressed again and is asking about his room and finds the photo of his mom right next to the ufc poster <laughs> and he basically says i don't want to talk about it right now but let's go back to the party and she examines the photo closer and then we cut to her walking downstairs past someone in a mask taking photos yeah it is her boss we'll find out later yeah we don't find it out until much later i thought it might have been the girl um mm -hmm. layla but it wasn't got me on my knees layla, layla. yeah <laughs> like later in this movie uh, yep. So we cut to them dancing downstairs. She goes to the bathroom to reapply makeup because it's like all over Christian's dick right now <laughs> and runs into Mrs. Robinson and Mrs. Robinson's like, you can't give him what he needs. Only I, an old woman in a suit for some reason at this masquerade ball with no mask can give him what he needs. She does wear the same outfit in every scene. Yeah, she's wearing that same outfit every time you see her. And I'm convinced they only had her for a day. 
and they just yeah. did not have time. Yep. That makes sense. Is this the scene where she's like, you have to be a sub in all ways? Yes. A substitute teacher. <laughs> a Subway sandwich. Sub-Zero. <laughs> Finish him. Trust me, she's always finishing him. But this is one of the first times we hear her actively accuse Mrs. Robinson of abusing Christian. This is the first pl- time where somebody's just like, hey, you're a fucking pedophile. They don't actually go as far as to say that, but he was a child, right? Like, she is. He was 15. He was yeah, 15. So- so a febophile, but same shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wish they had gone as far as to say that in the movie. Yeah, I mean, it's implied. She does call her a pedophile later. And then when Marsha Gay Harden finds out, then they kind of go hard at it. The book is a little more aggressive about it. Okay. So she comes out of the bathroom and Christian sees Mrs. Robinson coming out of the bathroom after her. And he's like, what did she say to you? And she's like, nothing I don't know. Basically, yeah. like. And they get in the car, they go home, and as they arrive in the garage, all the bodyguards in the multiple cars they have with them get out and find that her car is destroyed. Yeah, like covered in paint, but also beat the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So they decide to drive away because they don't know if Layla's still there in the garage, and that's who they think has done it, although I think it could have been her or the boss. Yeah, we never really find out. Yeah, the boss was at the party, but we also don't know how long the car has been that way. Right. And Anastasia's like, well, why don't we just go upstairs? That place is a four and he's like yeah the garage was supposed to be a fortress (laughs) they board his yacht and shower together yes they do which then leads into like another sex scene they have shower sex a few times in this film yeah Yeah. the last time they have sex they go into the shower fully clothed yeah and i got so mad I also got mad because they had the rainfall thing going the whole length of the shower. I was just yeah. like, fuck. That's that's the that best shower, shower to have shower sexy. sex in. Yeah, yeah. I was like, God. Yeah. Shower porn. <laughs> so they end up after glowing and he tells her about the burns and they kind and she basically says, Thank you for opening up to me. I like it when you share these things with me, which is Good communication, but also still a stalker with a yacht. So she wakes up on the yacht the next day and he lets her drive the yacht. We get a yacht montage. Also, he has a big house on a lake. No, that's not his house, Mikey. They buy that house in in the third movie. Are oh, you spoilers. serious? I hate this series so much. He He buys it for her as like a wedding present. Because she oh, loves you. it and basically buys it for her to be like, decorate it however you want, do whatever you want with it. Because Escala was like, my apartment, that's how I chose to live. But like, you design what you think should be our home. And then I'll stay at Escala. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut back to Anna's office. She's now back in Seattle. And her boss, while previously seemed pretty cool, now is a total douche and is just like, hey, previous calls or personal calls on your own time, not on company time. And she's like, hey, you missed your meeting this morning. And he's just like, fine, I'll deal with it. Did you book us in for New York? You have to come with me. Yeah. Now, granted, it is a business trip. There's a reason for her to go. I understand Christian's apprehension because at this point, because he's already tried to buy the company, he absolutely knows about the sexual harassment. Yeah, that would have come up during due diligence. Yeah. You would know what employees are at risk, Mm -hmm. where your company's at legal risk. So, like, you definitely would know all about that stuff. Yes. And so she is telling Christian, like, hey, I have to go to New York for a business trip. 
and he just tells her no with no context. Yeah. And she, I, it really frustrates me. I know it's a couple scenes away from now. The fact that she accepts that drove me nuts because I'm like, I'll be damned if you'll tell me what to do in my career, other person. But at the same time, all he had to do was be like, hey, I know about this. Like, I know that there is a risk and I cannot, I'm, I'm not sure that you'll be safe there for yeah. these reasons. And I'm sure maybe you could argue that he shouldn't be disclosing HR stuff because he owns the company, etc. But at the same time, I'm like, he has never followed rules like that before. Right. He's super rich. Like, well, see you in court. Yeah, exactly. I'll pay you out. It won't matter. Right. Yeah. So uh, she comes up to the apartment later. This is where she meets the housekeeper and they go to the red room of pain where she learns what nipple clamps are. Just on her finger, but yeah. Yeah. And then she finds a spreader bar and is just like, what's this? And he's like, I thought we weren't doing this. And she's like, I want to do this though. And so they take it into the bedroom to do it. But yeah, like a spreader bar is like, the most vanilla BDSM thing I've ever seen in my yeah. life. Yeah. Although when he flips her with it, I was just like, yes. Good job, Christian Grey. That's that what was for. not easy. <laughs> no, I know, but like typically you would mount like you would attach somebody's hands on the other side so they're easier to flip. Her hands are not attached, so he doesn't have any leverage and still flips her. Well, I think she was rolling with it, but yeah, I yeah, mean, probably. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you see him on that pommel horse later. He can get whatever he wants, really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. I'm not ready to talk about the pommel horse. We'll get there, Mikey, and I need you to get ready because we have some stuff to say. So they play with the spreader bar. It's, you know, sex in this movie. So it, he goes down on her. Weird shit happens. And then it ends in missionary. Yep. <laughs> All the BDSM stuff just leads to missionary Least every time. Missionary or doggy. One of the two. And yeah. I was like, all this weird shit's going to just lead back to the basics. Fine. This is our <laughs> dick neck viewing for this film. Yes. Dick neck. Dick neck. Mikey refuses to say it. Come on, Mikey. <laughs> Dick neck. Yay! <laughs> I love how he said it like he was bored. Like he's seen so much dick neck, he's over it at this point. I have. I have one. It's boring. <laughs> Maybe yours is boring. Mine's got a tattoo on it. <sighs> on your dick neck. Yeah, sometimes it says welcome aboard. What does it say the rest of the time? Well. <laughs> <laughs> Mine says, abandon all hope, all ye who enter. That's right. Todd's is spell wrong, so it actually says, welcome abroad, and you shouldn't refer to women that way. Oh, God, I got to talk to my tattoo artist immediately. <laughs> Hello, spider. I need you to correct something right away. <laughs> it just goes, because it's an actual it's an spider, actual spider. <laughs> <laughs> with the with the tattooing needle and ink and stuff like oh my god he just only does webs and words <laughs> like charlotte oh. <laughs> my a scarlet web web with welcome abroad on just, it or just some pig <laughs> <laughs> there's so much bonkers shit in this episode <laughs> <laughs> anyway she's like okay your sex didn't distract me from talking about new york i need to go on this business trip and he's like just don't go with your boss and again doesn't just tell her why but this is where he says he said three assistants in the last 18 months which i think he thinks will translate to her as sexual harassment 
Yeah. But it doesn't. She clearly does not understand. He needs to be more explicit, and he's not. Right. He just needs to be honest with her. So we cut to the next day at work, and it's the end of the day, and she's about to basically tell her boss, like, hey, I'm not going to New York with you. Right. And her boss first tries to browbeat her into, like, if you want to get ahead in this business... A, you should be going to New York, but B, you should be fucking me and traps her in his Ugh, office. Yeah. Oh, it's so, so terrible. It's very cringe. It is very upsetting. Yeah, it's horrible. And he is gross and right up on her. And then she kicks him in the balls yeah. and runs out right into Christian's arms, who is, I, I would imagine, picking her up from work. Yeah. I do love that when she goes out there, she sort of quickly tells him what happens. And he goes, I'll kill him. And she goes, no, 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 I need you to stay with me, which I thought was fine. And he does. But then the bodyguard looks at him and he goes. He sends the bodyguard yeah. in. Yeah. The bodyguard looks at him and he goes, go. <laughs> yes <laughs> there's no way that, that that her boss did not get the shit beat out of him by dennis or whoever his bodyguard was taylor taylor is his bodyguard but also we find out that uh, her boss escapes before taylor gets there oh okay okay, That's what okay taylor says but like you know how motivated was he to beat up this random dude taylor is actually awesome and they don't do enough with taylor in any of these movies but taylor's like a big character in the book really okay yes and you find out that he has like a daughter and it's like he's this really amazing wholesome character okay. that anna kind of befriends and they have like this like they both care about christian a lot because you find out he's been christian's bodyguard for like ever anyway so uh we cut to dinner that night and he reveals that hyde's been fired uh even though his purchase of the company hasn't been finished yet he knows the ceo and so i I, I'm sure he threatened to not purchase the company if they didn't fire him. But also, he tried to assault somebody in the office. That's getting you fired, no matter yeah, what. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but this is where Christian asks her to move in with him. And she says, can I think about it? But basically, yes. Yeah. Because she's like, I just got to go pick some stuff up for my apartment. We cut to the next day at her job. And because her boss is gone, the HR lady is back and is like, hey, can you temporarily fill in for him? So she goes to his meeting. She means just in this meeting, right? Right. Initially, she means just in this meeting. Yeah. But what we know, because we've been watching the movie, is that Anna had probably been doing a lot of her boss's job for yeah. a while. Yeah. Where she was reading all his manuscripts and things like that. So she actually speaks her mind in the meeting and the CEO is impressed with her and basically has her become the acting fiction editor yeah and so she kind of like ends up getting a better job because jack is gone and because she's actually doing the work but the thing that i kind of like about this is this is on her own merit this is not something christian bought for her this is not something she gets because of Christian. This is her having agency in her career and doing something on her own. I do feel like it's a gray area because he is attempting to buy the company and the CEO stands to make a shitload of money if he does. And they all know she's dating him. Yeah. So like it is a gray area and I understand why she brings it up at dinner. And I do like that yeah. they sort of talk about it. He's like, no, I had nothing to do with this. And I believe him. Like I did buy that she does work hard. She obviously loves reading. So I, I believe that she'd be good at that job. So yeah. like, yeah, I mean, I bought it, but I did understand why she brought it up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think she suspects it, but but yeah. it is something she accomplishes for herself, at least within the story. Yeah. This is where she had asked to think about moving in. She does agree to move in at this at this point. They go home. They have sex. Or no, I'm sorry. Before they go home, she takes off her panties in the middle of the restaurant and hands them to him. And then he fingers her in a crowded elevator. <laughs> 
There's no way. So, this scene is bonkers to me because I've, okay, shit like that happens from time to time. All right. Yeah, I'll it just does. Say hey, that. hey, hey, of course it does. There's a lot of elevators a lot of time. Right. You got to be more low key if there are other people in there. You can't be like three inches from the lady in front of you going, ah, ah, <laughs> no, into her head. He talk, And then he talks to her too. And not a quiet voice. Yeah, absolutely. He's like, you can come now. And then I'll be like, oh, what? (laughs) He told her not to. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. And then, man, when they get off the elevator, you do see the older couple who is right in front of them, like, talking to each other. Like, I I just wanted to follow them the rest of the night. Like, he was fingering the shit of that woman, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, those balls fell out and hit the elevator floor. So, meanwhile, the next day, back at work, she's catching up on all of her boss's work. And this is where they essentially make her acting. And she, the girl who was an assistant with her, becomes kind of her de facto assistant. Right. And she specifically says, I expect you to call me Anna. Don't worry about getting me coffee unless you're going to get coffee for yourself. And we'll make this up as we go along. Yeah. So, after work, they go to her apartment to pick up things for her to essentially move into his apartment. And Layla is there with a gun. And so, Anna tries to kind of talk her down. And she makes it clear by firing a warning shot that she is not fucking around with that gun. Yeah. And she basically says a few things that are alarming where she's like, he lets you call him by his name and he sleeps in your bed. Basically being like, you are not a sub. I had a very different experience than you had. And what do you have that I don't? Why couldn't it have been me? Well, and then she even says like, I'm also nothing. He's going to get bored of me, you know? Well, and I think he's, she's saying that to try and placate her. Oh, I think so too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's legit saying anything she can to not get shot in the situation, which is what she should do. Yes. Yeah. And Christian and Taylor burst in because Anna's been essentially gone too long. And even toxicity is right (laughs) twice a day. I know. Uh, Christian gets Layla to give him the gun and then he has her kneel and then pets her like a cat. Yeah. And Anna is horrified. But also I'm I'm just like, I mean, you kind of knew what was up though. Like Yeah, I I didn't really understand her being this mad at this. I do because I think for her it felt like a betrayal for him to do that to someone else. But also in the moment I'd be like, she had a gun though. So Yeah, I mean, and he does sort of say that later. He's like, I was just trying to do whatever I could to get the gun away from her and defuse the situation. And she's like, Is she at your apartment right now? And he's like, No. No. She's been checked into a psychiatric ward and i'm not going to take his side because he's the most unhealthiest male character i've ever seen so yeah. this is a thing in this book specifically that made me really angry when i read it at this point in the story there is a credible threat of danger yes where layla has stalked her attempted to kill her came after her with a gun and jack her boss is on the loose also wanting to assault her and mad at christian right and at a certain point in the book christian is like i need you to stay in the fucking apartment yeah because shit's not safe and this is where anna chooses the point to be like i want to get drinks with my friends and you're just like (laughs) there is a person with a gun like what are you doing like for i understand that he's a controlling asshole for 80 percent of this movie yes but for this 20 percent he is right and stay the fuck inside and she's like invite your friends over yeah, drinks yeah. inside. He does suggest that for them, actually. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, now. Anyway, so she refuses to go back to the apartment. She does end up coming back later that day, but she leaves her cell and her purse with him. And she goes for a quiet walk in the rain. For three hours. And yeah. he's like, where the fuck have you been? And I was like, yeah, because there's a, a he just grabbed a gun from somebody 
who wanted to shoot her and then she disappears. Understandable yeah. that he would be worried. Yeah. But also he's the worst and I never want to take his side in anything. So fuck that guy. Yeah. I know a creepy controlling psychopath is right twice a day, I guess. <laughs> but this, this is also that scene where she's like, I'll never be a sub like that. And like, what is she here in the apartment? And he's like, no, in the psych ward. Like, I don't want you to be submissive like that, but He's not a great communicator. And so instead he, this is where he claims that he's a sadist and, and yes. comes clean about not being a dom. Right. But this is also where he uses intimacy as yes. a bargaining chip again. And let's, it again. Yeah, let's her touch him on the no-no area of his chest. And <laughs> then they have sex. But she, like, she wakes up after. He's having a nightmare. She goes to kind of wake him up out of the nightmare, and he asks her to marry him. Again, they have known each other for, like, six months tops. Right. So the next morning, she finds him in the gym working out them shoulders and then pommeling that horse. Oh, he pommels the fuck out of that horse, man. <laughs> so this is one of those things that will kind of come up in, in Fun Facts a little bit, too. Uh, it's all part of the package, but he actually learned how to do the pommel horse for this movie. I mean, you actually see him doing it. Like, they show his yeah. face. It's very impressive. He did it on late night talk shows also when the movie, when they were doing press for the movie. A couple shows brought in a pommel horse and had him do it. It on like talk shows good for him first yeah. off that's not easy to do but fuck like that's insane that it's in this movie when i think traditional masculinity and working out pommel horse is the first thing i think of i mean honestly i think pommel horse is hot as fuck because it's hard to do yeah. oh yeah you gotta be crazy strong to do it anyway so he <laughs> he pommels that horse and she's like hey uh do you remember that bad dream you had and he's like no i don't remember anything except for that time i asked you to marry me uh and i mean it answer me now give me an answer now how about now <laughs> <laughs> I mean, those are all things that he does, yes. My, my favorite is like, I don't expect an immediate yes, but how about now? Now? Do you want to answer me now? <laughs> so we cut to Anna's at work. She's talking to uh, Rita Ora on the phone about... About Christian's birthday party, which she did not yes. know about because he doesn't really like to celebrate his birth or whatever, but that's fine. And Rita's like, what should I get him for his birthday? And she's like, should I get him a tie? <laughs> yeah which i thought was funny and given the significance of ties exactly. in the first film yes and then she's like no he's got enough ties <laughs> <laughs> he's got a lot of ties also handcuffs and ropes have you heard of benoit balls <laughs> okay. so anna we cut to her at like a little gift kiosk where she buys him a keychain with a gift box yes in the book she has it engraved i think this one just came with that saying on the back of it oh yeah you know all those famous seattle yes keychains <laughs> yeah well because they don't she literally just picks it off a rack in the book she actually goes and finds like a light up keychain of like the escala and has it engraved Ah, uh, okay that makes a little more sense i guess yeah anyway so she goes to talk to christian she asks about his birthday this is where we find out that christian is going to be flying to portland to do some work and is going to be gone basically until his birthday yeah which is like a day away like it's super close to now yeah they text each other back and forth about it uh she's meeting kate for drinks this is the in the book this is a huge contentious thing about like he doesn't want her to meet kate for drinks and then when he survives the helicopter crash she's like i should have trusted you yeah. <laughs> it's just like ridiculous anyway he doesn't argue about it in this movie because i think they were just like that's ridiculous even for this movie and we don't have time right yeah and we don't have time so we cut to he's flying the helicopter and it malfunctions and crashes in the woods right 
while Anna's at drinks. And since she's at drinks with his brother and brother's girlfriend, her roommate, and her weird friend that kissed her that's going to end up getting dragged to Escala later. <laughs> I mean, they all get up and leave. Like, the brother yeah, gets yeah. the phone call from their sister, right? right? And he's like, hey, Christian's helicopter went down. We got to go. And they yeah. all leave. Like, everyone right. leaves and goes to the Escala. Yes, where his mom and everyone's waiting and they're watching the news about it. Yeah. And as they're watching the news, he's missing in movie time. He's missing for like two minutes. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> but I mean, even in like real time, it is like five hours maybe? Uh, in real time, I think it's nine hours oh, is what okay. it is in the book. Okay. But yeah, it's, it's less than 12, I think. Yeah. But as they're reporting that he's found safe and well on the news, he walks into the apartment. He's like, hey, what up, fam? <laughs> wow. Wow. wow, he's Italian. He's like, ah, I made us a kale salad. <laughs> it's a me. I'm alive. <laughs> it's a me. I'm a safe and a well. Yeah. I mean, sometimes head trauma can manifest in very strange ways yes he does the douchiest post crash thing i've ever seen he's like oh why are you guys here this is stupid uh, blah. my favorite is when he's like let me talk to my girl <laughs> and you're like what is this the fast and the furious <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay dominic Toretto. <laughs> like what all you here are my family except for that <laughs> douche photographer who tried to kiss you with the first one you can go let me talk to my girl let me talk to my girl <laughs> and then his mom's like i love you so much he's like why are you doing this Mom! <laughs> anyway, he sends everybody home, but it's now after midnight on his birthday, so she has him open his present, which is the keychain that says yes. And this is where they have fully clothed shower sex. Or no, I'm sorry. This is this is not the fully clothed shower sex. This is the rainfall shower after they're like washing off the all the the blood and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then they go to the red room and do like hand restraints. He bites her nipple, or at least somebody's nipple, and that looked pretty damn real. Yeah, it did. But if you've ever seen Drag Race, they have chest plates that look real. That is true. So that's what I thought it was. I was trying to think. I was like, is this a chest plate? Is this a body double? Because you don't see her face in it. Right, right, right. It's a close-up, yeah. It's actually, so fun fact, I actually read up on this, Winky Blinky. It was the director in a chest plate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then he tries to sell her some essential oils he's just like that's what i thought i was like now it's for your lavender thieves oil <laughs> like open up your sinuses oh my god uh, have you heard of young living yeah <laughs> she's tied up he's pouring essential oil and he's like you can get in on the ground floor <laughs> If you pour oil on three people and they pour oil on three people. Once you meet the mentor level, that's when you get real big bucks. Can I say that very next after she takes advantage of his business opportunity, they start having sex and they shoot part of the sex scene, sex scene in a way that I've only seen two other times. One of those times was the tutors. And the other was The Room. And it's a close-up on a dude's clenched butt. Yep. <laughs> You're just like, what? But like half in jeans? He never takes his pants off. He opposite Winnie the Pooh's his sex. <laughs> this one is, he's full naked. Okay. And so so it's a full naked butt clench. Yeah, there was one of each. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think if I clench my cheeks when you thrust in. Mikey, you do. <laughs> but I really want you to think about it next time so it ruins it Like for really you. overthink it? Yeah. I'd be like, what's on your mind? I'd be like. I'm wondering if I clenched my butt cheeks. <laughs> can you hold up a mirror, like a hand mirror? Oh, if you're not using a mirror out? during sex, you're not doing it right. No, I mean, obviously you've got the big ones so you can see everything. But if you want to see the detail. <laughs> Todd's just got a makeup mirror so you can look at his own face. 
<laughs> so in the room when they do this, he's like thrusting into her stomach, which is like one of the yes. funniest oh, parts of yeah. that movie. This one looked anatomically possible, at least. Well, this one looks like the one in the Tudors, which is actually shot from above where it's Henry Cavill fully naked from behind. Which is why you remember it so well. Absolutely. That is burned <laughs> into the front row of my brain. But then also Tommy Wiseau's clenched butt cheeks burned into my eyes. So, Oh, hi, Paige. <laughs> no. My, one of my favorite things about those sex scenes are the songs in the back. They're like, oh, you, oh, you. Because <laughs> it's like songs he like paid to have made specifically for those sex scenes. Oh, yeah. It's because bonkers. it was cheaper than buying the rights to music. Oh. All right. Think about this. A sex room. With just carnival mirrors. <laughs> I look so skinny in this mirror. Fuck me in front of this mirror. <laughs> oh, no. Don't put my dick in front of this mirror. Put it in front of that one. <laughs> it makes me look taller. I'm trying to walk to the bed, but I keep running into mirrors. Oh, <laughs> like that kind of mirror room. So we cut to his birthday party. Yeah. And Mrs. Robinson is there again. And he basically announced, like, she kind of is passive aggressive towards Anna. So he announces that they're getting married yes. to basically fuck you. Yeah. I do like that someone asks him about the ring. I think it's Mia. Ask him about the yeah. ring. And he's like, oh, we're going to pick it out together. Meanwhile, that ring is fully just in his pocket. Yeah. Yeah. So Mrs. Robinson kind of gets her alone and is like, he doesn't love you. <laughs> He'll never love you. You'll never be enough for him. I was like, shut the fuck up, Basinger. Why are you still wearing the same outfit? <laughs> I just walked off that other set into this one. <laughs> and, and Christian walks in and is just like Hey you don't know what I want You only taught me how to fuck not to love But his mom overhears it And she's just like get the hell out of my house And away from my kids And slaps the shit out of her I was like oh wow that's amazing Yeah, As you would do It was yeah. like a very I yeah. get it Yeah, But it looks like they actually slapped her in the movie So if that was a fake slap It was really well done And if it was a real slap well done Kim Like that's not an easy thing to take like that. Yeah. So at this point, Marsha Gay Harden is like, hey, yo, I need to talk to my son about some family secrets that just came out that I'm learning about right now. Why right. don't you go get some champagne over there, please? And so <laughs> Anna goes up to his bedroom and looks at the photo of his birth mother. And Christian comes in after talking to his mom and is like, hey, I'm sorry about that. But all of this is taking place in front of one of the most giant posters for the Chronicles of Riddick yeah. that I have ever seen. <laughs> Every shot during this where it's just Christian, where they're giving him his one shot, they call this. Yeah. You see it right behind him And you see like the whole poster It's not like he's standing in front of it He's standing in a way where you can see The whole thing And then in the two shot when they're sitting on the bed Yes you also see the whole poster yeah. the whole time to the point where as the scene was going on, my friend that went to the movie with us turned to me. and was just like, is he like fucking love Vin Diesel or something? <laughs> no, just Chronicles of Riddick. He's like, have just you seen, Chronicles of Riddick. Have you seen Pitch Black? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, no. So we reveal that Mrs. Robinson's gone. He's dissolved all of his business dealings with her. Yeah. He talks about his mother a little bit. He tells her a little bit more about his birth mother. And they decide to go down to the pool house. He carries her down there over his shoulder. And when they get there, we reveal that he has set it up with like flowers and this kind of cool glass walkway over the pool. It's very cool looking. It is very, very cool. Yeah. And <laughs> he gets down and proposes and has the ring yeah. and it's like a whole thing. 
thing and they rejoin the party as fireworks go on go off and they kiss uh but across the lake from the house her boss is watching he looks at a family photo that he basically printed from taking at the previous party and then as if he knows christian gray's specific trauma he burns his face out of the photo with (laughs) With a a cigarette cigarette. that's why christian gray became cigarette man the thing he most fears (laughs) we don't find it out in book two but in book three we find out that he does know his Ah, specific trauma okay and and it was specific okay anyway and and that's that's the All right, so having seen the movie, having talked about it, what did you guys think about Fifty Shades Darker? I mean, if you want to watch porn without watching porn, I guess this movie is fine. (laughs) Yeah, but there are better versions of that page. Like, you can watch HBO's Rome. Like, there's a lot of... Or or the the Tudors. Yeah, there's a lot better... Spartacus or whatever. Spartacus! Yeah. Um, I did not enjoy that at all. And uh, <laughs> you didn't enjoy the movie or talking about it? Oh, the movie. Yeah, I loved talking, talking about it. Talking about it. Very fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was so hard to watch this movie and not like second screen it by like playing on my phone or doing something oh, else. Yeah. Because it really is boring shit, boring shit, boring shit, boring sex scene, boring shit, boring shit, boring shit, helicopter crash boring shit sex scene done yeah like it that's that's this whole movie and i just was so bored for the two hours we were watching it it's so long it is so long there's a lot of neck on that movie dick yes and in the first one because the first the first one is paced badly as well uh but in the first one it's the length comes from like a million and a half montages. This movie doesn't have as many montages, but it has a lot of like obviously laying out plot points that the audience is smart enough to infer. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But Paige, do you have any fun facts for us? I have so many fun facts. Well, hit us with your fun facts. 50 shades. Fun Fun facts. facts. So I'm sure that you were all wondering about this this entire time. How much does a helicopter cost? Now, the average price for a new helicopter is $1.8 million. But if you're on a budget, you could buy used helicopters for a couple hundred thousand. But state-of-the-art bougie helicopters can get up to about $27 million. That's the, like, multi-passenger ones yeah, or whatever. Sure. Given what we've seen of Christian's helicopter, it's likely that his was a couple million. Uh, and to be honest, if you're someone like him that's flying around all the time, it actually probably breaks him even or saves him money, to be honest. Shit like that makes, like, I I really do not understand how you could watch this movie and not be like, man, we got to tax the 1% more. Like, (laughs) if this is the wild, stupid shit they're getting into, we've got it. We've got to tax them more. I mean, some stuff like planes or helicopters, I understand, like, where famous people will charter flights because it is easier for them to get through the airport, get on that flight, than try to deal with a public airport. Sure, sure. I get that. Owning a helicopter and flying it is, like, that's the same DIY sickness that I have, where I'm like, I really liked this bread. I need to learn how to make this bread. Like, you could just <laughs> charter a helicopter, yeah. <laughs> like owning and flying your own, unless you really, really like flying, I guess, is a little overkill. Yeah. But my favorite is when I looked up how expensive helicopters were, 
the very next search thing was why are helicopters so expensive and i'm like because it's a fucking helicopter like what do you think it's a box that floats it's a car for the skies like what <laughs> anyway uh so let's talk about anna's salary so even as an assistant she is likely making at minimum about 50k to 80k depending on how okay. um, well that publishing company is doing that's not that bad for an assistant no and in part she's making that much because she is in seattle okay now if she were somewhere else in the country um maybe not as populous of a place she would probably be making less but uh seattle san francisco los angeles chicago new york places the cost of living is higher yeah boston yeah where the cost of living is higher she's probably in that 50 to 80 range now if she gets her boss's job permanently she'd be earning six figures right well and while she is doing the job she's probably been bumped up to a much higher pay for that yeah at least temporarily yeah uh, so she can absolutely afford half of the apartment she shares with kate absolutely. that is reasonable yeah that apartment is around twenty five hundred dollars so between the two of them kate also has a job that we just don't see in this movie but she does at least in the book so it is implied that they could afford it but also kate has family money oh yeah they can definitely afford their apartment uh a live-in housekeeper in seattle with an nda for the sex stuff likely costs christian about five thousand to ten thousand dollars a month or more oh man that is so bonkers but to be honest, this is one of those things, again, where if you are that high profile, I completely understand that expenditure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, where it's like your house is busy. You don't necessarily have time for upkeep and all that. But you also need to make sure that whoever is in your house is keeping shit on the down low. <laughs> yeah. Because for I mean, for people to not steal business secrets, but also because you're leaving butt plugs everywhere. So yeah, like, if you have a sex room <laughs> that you're expecting someone to clean up. You better be paying that someone real good. Oh, yeah. She gets a salary and then she gets hush money. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, his penthouse was last on the market in 2018 for eleven point five million dollars. But with real estate appreciation in Seattle, it's likely closer to 12 or 13 now. Oh, wow. Which for him is not much. Not a lot of money. He's a billionaire. Not much. Yeah. So. While they were making this movie, there was a lot of security on set because this was a huge movie and a huge fandom. And so people had to go through multiple checkpoints to get to the set. But one woman lied and falsified her credentials saying she was a PA and snuck onto the set oh, and what? actually started doing manual things like setting up craft services and getting people coffee and sodas until somebody started talking to her and realized that she was not a PA at all. She was a spy for a fan Twitter account, but she literally was willing to do wow. PA work to get that information for that Twitter wow. account. Wow, okay. Yeah. Now, in regards to the dick neck that we have seen in both films, Jamie Dornan has publicly said that he was totally open to going full frontal nude in the film, and they have just chosen not to do it. Bullshit. Allegedly, and this is multiple sources, were like, we just shot it. As if it could potentially include full frontal, which is why the neck is in both films. Yeah. But they didn't go full. I mean, those shots probably have full dick in them just because. And they've probably just edited yeah, it. Yeah, they just yeah. edited out the tip. Yeah. <laughs> this is such a weird conversation to be having with three adults. Yeah, it's the opposite of just the tip. Yeah, it's, it literally yeah. is. It's just the neck. I think we got shafted. 
<laughs> the only thing I can think is that either A, they were worried about ratings because of how much sex is in the movie that Full Frontal would push it over the edge into sure. like an NC-17. But also, I, I also believe that if this movie had been NC-17, more people would have seen it. And 100%. a lot of people already saw it. But also, this series, tawdry though it is, yeah. is very much for housewives that were like (laughs) reading this at home yeah that may have felt a step too far from the lifetime original movies and the nicholas sparks that they're used to yeah i could see that i think they should have done it sure yeah i mean they show everything but the tip of that dick and they show so much boob in this like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, why, why are we trying to not whatever? They're man. showing boob at places where she doesn't even need to be naked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's a lot more boobity in this movie than in the first one. Yes, absolutely. She's naked through a lot more of this movie yeah. than she was in the last one. Um, now the line where she says, "I expect you to call me Anna. I don't expect you to fetch me coffee unless you're getting some for yourself, and the rest will make up as we go along," is actually a line from Working Girl in 1988, spoken by her mother, Melanie Griffith. What? Really? Yeah. That's we got to do that movie. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Yep. Uh, So Dakota Johnson revealed in an interview that they had pregame rituals before filming sex scenes, and they would each do different things. Where she would have a glass of whiskey, and he would do push-ups. Well, he would have to do push-ups because if you work out. Your muscles like yeah. tense up and get bigger, a little bit bigger. It's the same yeah. reason why when you see people do music videos, like especially like like boy bands and that sort of thing, that care about how they look, like without a shirt or whatever, they'll have weights off screen to do weights in between takes. Yeah, yeah, and they would always have a private conversation among themselves to work out the scene between them, in addition to what the director said. Did they get along better this movie? So I found a bunch of stuff that said that them not getting along was a rumor and that they are actually close friends now. So I wonder if maybe the first film wasn't as great of it sounds like in researching this one, it sounds like the first film was not as great of an onset experience for anyone and that this was a much easier shoot. Okay, and I'll get into it a little bit more as we go through. But from what I read, they are friends. Okay. But someone that he maybe didn't like doing as many scenes with was Eric Johnson, the guy who plays her boss, because he's much taller than him and he didn't like the way that height differential looked between them. Now, let's get into some of the things they did in response to the first movie. Okay. They received specific notes that he wasn't sexy enough as Christian in the first movie because he was clean shaven. So he added, they added stubble for both sequels, this and the next one. Okay. The original director for the first Fifty Shades of Grey refused to consider returning for the sequel, citing frequent clashes with author E.L. James, who had received final approval on everything for the studio. Oh, wow. Yes. That's unheard of. Yep. And apparently really made problems for the production of the first movie. Yeah. Now, that director was replaced by James Foley, who does this movie and the next movie, who has said that he has a great relationship with E.L. James, and that's why he does both. Additionally, the screenwriter for the first movie, Kelly Marcel, refuses to return as well for the same reason. And they bring in a new screenwriter, a man named Niall Leonard, who just turns out to be the husband of E.L. James. I was about to say, why don't they just have E.L. James write it? 
Like, I have you read the book? This just sounds like the director was like, "Yeah, I'll get paid a shit ton of money to direct this shit film and do whatever the fuck y'all want." Yeah, pretty that, much. I would do it, one hundred percent. But all of that comes with a lot of notes from the first movie, including a note specifically that Christian did not seem masculine enough in the first movie, which I think is a bonkers note. Me too. That's crazy. But that's why they decided to a add the stubble. B he worked out to get much bigger mus- muscle wise in this movie than he was in the first one yeah he's much more ripped he's much bigger and that's why he learns how to pommel that horse um (laughs) but that's also why they put the ufc poster on the wall and they wanted to try and find a movie that denoted masculinity and that's why the the poster (laughs) is such a bizarre choice that that to me that's opposite like that is a dorky ass movie that many people did not see it is and well and and i think they did it because they had to look at like when would christian have been like a teenager yes yeah and that's when riddick was out and so that's why it's there although after we saw this movie you could have done the matrix or fight club or (laughs) yes anything fight club would have been the better choice fight club would have probably been the better choice although after we saw this movie i photoshopped a bunch of screen grabs from this movie of them just holding dvds of riddick or like (laughs) other posters (laughs) of riddick that's great it was very fun yeah now in the scene where his chopper goes down they're all watching the news in the apartment and on the news because it's a news report that's on location you see a woman walk behind the newscaster and it is el james oh yeah those are our fun facts well think of those awesome fun facts page let's talk some box office so 50 shades darker came out in 2017 what do you think the production budget was fucking huge yeah fucking huge because the first one made an ass load of money i'm gonna say 80 million mikey what do you think I'm going to say 70. Okay. So the production budget for 50 Shades Darker was $55 million. I mean, that's still big, but better than I expected. Right. A little bit cheaper than you guys expected. But one thing that I wanted to point out was the production budget for the first one was $40 million. So it wasn't that much more than the first one was, even though the first one made a shitload of money. Yeah. Okay. So it came out February 10th. So for Valentine's Day, 2017, and it was the number two movie movie the weekend it came out it was beat by and this is very funny based upon what happened earlier in this episode it was beat by the lego batman movie (laughs) (laughs) hell yes and of course 50 shades darker was number two that week john wick chapter two was number three split was four and hidden figures was five what do you think 50 shades darker made in its opening weekend this movie still made ass loads of money i'm gonna mm-hmm. say opening weekend it made 15 mil okay mikey what do you think i'm still i'm gonna say 24 okay it made 46.6 million dollars in its Damn. opening weekend <laughs> lego batman must have slapped yeah it made 53 million dollars its opening weekend lego batman is fucking great it i is. don't know if you've seen lego batman but it's, oh, it's pretty good. damn it's good it's amazing yeah so anyway so they made a lot of money i mean john wick chapter two made 30 million it was just a big weekend at the box office and all three of that top three it was their first weekend out okay all right so what do you think it went on to make in its domestic box office in 2017 domestic i'm gonna say 120 million dollars all right mikey what do you think 170 oh wow okay it was actually 114.4 million dollars oh. and and then made another $266 million internationally for a total of $381.3 million. God, on a, on a $50 million budget. Yeah, and, and you could go to Pornhub for free. Uh, okay, it also made an extra... 
$31.6 million in the home market. This, just like the first one, printed money. It made a lot of money. Now, in contrast, Fifty Shades of Grey, if you'll remember, made $570 million in the box office worldwide. So it did make a lot of money, did not make near as much as Fifty Shades of Grey did. Well, and that was a point of contention because people were like, oh, it was, a, it, it did not perform as well as the previous one. I was like, it still made $300 million. Like, yeah. It still crushed its budget. It made a ton of money. But because it didn't make $500 million, people were like, it bombed. And I'm like, it did no, not. No, it did not bomb. It, it made not. so much money. This thing printed money. And I bet the next one, if I had to guess, I'd say Fifty Shades 3, whatever it's called, made less than this, but still a lot of money. Yes, absolutely. But yeah, that's your box office. So do you think they're still together? I mean, we know uh, they are because there's a third, right? So <laughs> yeah, yeah, we yeah. will we have to uh, hold off on answering that question ultimately until the ends of Fifty Shades 3, whatever that one's called. Do you think they should be together? No, absolutely no. not. Never. No, no, yeah. Absolutely uh, yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the only person that Christian Grey should be with is his therapist they wrote out of this movie. Yeah, or the crab with the knife. <laughs> I forgot about the crab with the knife. The crab with the knife. There are so many bits in this episode. <laughs> Or General So. Yeah, absolutely. I might be with General So later tonight because that sounds delicious. <laughs> it uh, does sound it really does good. It does sound delicious. <laughs> uh, is there food at this thing we're going to? I don't know, Mikey. Do you want to meet it for some General So's chicken before the axe throwing? Kind of. All right, let's, <laughs> let's text about it. So this week, Paige, you made us watch Fifty Shades Darker, and next week is my week. So it is your week. Yeah, I, and I've already picked it, so... You don't have to worry about it. I mean, it. good, because you need to tell us like 20 seconds from now. <laughs> yeah. So I remember in uh, 2002 going to see a movie in the theaters with my girlfriend at the time that I thought was objectively terrible. And okay. I want to see if it, A, is still objectively terrible or if maybe it got better with age. But it stars Christina Applegate, Cameron Diaz, and Selma Blair, uh, and Jason Bateman. It is the sweetest thing from 2002. It, it, it does not get better with age, Tom. <laughs> it was so bad. It also has Thomas Jane, who I love. But yeah, I man, do love Thomas this Jane. This movie was so bad when I watched it. Is this where he cheats on her during his bachelor, his bachelor party? I honestly can't remember. The only scene I remember is there's a guy on a motorcycle who gets hit by a bird. That's all I remember from this movie. Okay, I'm down for this. I'm excited. It's going to be great. So your homework for next week is to vaguely remember a movie from your past while watching watching the sweetest thing i've got a review it's from reggie reggie v hayes what is what do they have to say a perfect podcast agree found this through <laughs> horror virgin oh nice thanks for coming over worth it just for the intro music oh agree yeah absolutely y'all gonna do romance in the stone or what <laughs> <laughs> i think we should do it for like our hundredth episode or something yeah yeah, 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 yeah. i'm sure we'll get to it yeah i love y'all Thanks for the candor, comedy, and cunning puns. Hard I love alliteration. Well, Reggie V. Hayes, thank you so much for the awesome five-star review. And if you want Mikey to read your five-star re review, leave us an awesome five-star review, and we'll have him do just that. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around, and she is on two other podcasts. Black Card Rehab, and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it's, it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at 
Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. You complete us. To completion. Are you going to say ladies, baby? (laughs) Laters, baby! (laughs) Why are you saying it like a wrestler? (laughs) Because there's no other way to say Christian Christian Gray's lines that make sense. (laughs) No, there aren't. Bye! 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 Sadist nerds! (laughs) Oh, <laughs> oh,